Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third. I'm always traveling for work, but I also love to be active, playing soccer every chance I get. Finding the balance between being comfy, looking cute, and also being dressed to be active has never been easier with Viore. Viore is so versatile. It can be used for any activity, running, yoga, swimming, but it's also great for lounging or traveling. My favorite product is the pants that I actually never take off, the Women's Performance Jogger. They're designed with the softest premium dream knit stretch fabric. Viore helps me feel good about the things I buy and how they are made because Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint, utilizing better sustainable materials for their products to empower your best active life. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash soccer. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Ipswich, Leicester City, and their paths cross tonight for the first time in not far short of a decade. Mavadidi, again he's found space and scores beautifully. And the leaders are in front at Portman Road. Yet been able to find a way through. That might change here. Oh, it's in. As it deflects into wrong foot, the goalkeeper. And right at the end, Ipswich Town have their equalising goal through Sam Warsing. Ipswich kept believing and they've reaped their reward. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at the EFL Championship table. The top six teams, Leicester City, with a comfortable six-point lead over Ipswich Town. The two sides that you just saw the highlights from drew 1-1 yesterday. And it was a late equalizer deflection into the back of the net off of a Leicester City player that drew the game. And Yannick Vestigard is having nightmares. Absolutely. I would not be able to shake the thought of that own goal. No. I mean... Own goals have to feel just the worst. They do feel the worst, but I can't imagine, like, a stoppage time own goal. Yeah. I would Oof. be weeping in my own net. But the, the, <laughs> the bright side of, of this, I guess, the, where you can take comfort is the fact if you're Leicester City, you've got a comfortable bit of distance. It's not exactly a tight race in the table. And, and for Leicester City coming off of relegation after, you know, what, 2016 winning the entire Premier League, it's been – a bit shocking, I guess, to see over the last few seasons the way in which things kind of turned uh, for this Leicester City side. But they've come in to the championship and have had a record start to the season, and that is under their new manager, Enzo Maresco, who was the number two to Pep Guardiola for that Man City side that, of course, won the historic trouble this past year. So great leadership. He's come in and done a wonderful job to, with the team, but have any of you been surprised with just how well they've been doing to have uh, a record start to the season, 19 wins in 23 games, which is the fastest that any team has done so in almost 20 years? Because the championship is still incredibly competitive. It's not just easy to go down and get relegated, even if you are a quality side. Yep. I mean, look, the championship is always competitive, and it's, it gets really competitive towards the end of the season. Right now, they got a six-point lead, I mean, at, at the head of the table, mm -hmm. and they got to keep their foot on the gas. They can't, they can't let up right now. I mean, that tie um, yesterday, it benefited uh, them a lot. It did. It switched, I mean, yes. I mean, it did. It actually benefited, in my opinion, Leicester because they still maintain that lead at the, at the top of the mm -hmm. table. I mean, Ipswich needed that win to, to really put a little bit more pressure on, on Leicester. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
They got a tie. Leicester, I mean, I'm sure they're not very happy about the way the game went and about how they played, but uh, a tie is a tie. I mean, they still maintain that lead, and, they, you know, they go into the next game knowing, hey, if we keep winning, if we keep playing well, getting wins, we should be okay. Mm-hmm. And this is also the second season in a row where playing this style of football is putting you at the, at the top of the uh, table. You saw uh, a company do it with Burnley last season. It's not going so well for them in the, in the Premier League. Obviously, they didn't retool as much as they probably should have, but they were balling last season in the championship, and now you're seeing Leicester. It's so weird not seeing Leicester park <laughs> yeah. the bus I know. and go along to Vardy. It's like, what are y'all doing? Why are y'all passing so much? Uh, it's weird, but like, if you look at uh, what Drewsbury Hall has, nine goals, uh, nine assists, seven goals. Isahaku has five assists, two goals. Ma- Mavididi, who's absolutely incredible off the left wing, he's got four assists and eight goals. They are spreading the love around. And the championship is an incredibly physically challenging league. It's so tough to be balling at the level they are, the same way uh, Burnley were last season. It's absolutely incredible to see, and it feels like there's a shift. I mean, Madeska, you mentioned, comes from, you know, Manchester City was at Parma for a little bit, just Mm -hmm. for a cup of coffee or an espresso, if you will. (laughs) Um, But it seems now that he's sort of back to his old ways, getting teams to play that pep style, that pass it around, move around, overload the box. What's interesting, though, about these two teams at the top, so they both really like their possession-based, like, slow build ball and it's really been benefiting the both of them and I don't know if that's what's currently giving them the edge sort of in the table just for the championship all in but it's prettier football too. It was interesting though I was reading an article where Moresco was talking about uh, his relationship with the ownership group at Leicester and how when they brought him in they signed him to a a three-year contract and said would it be great to get promoted after year one yes but that's not our expectation. We're trying to rebuild and reconstructure how we are going to operate as a football club so that way we can have more sustained success so that they can avoid what happened uh, when they just got relegated, having, you know, such a short amount of time and still an amazing amount of success in the Premier League and then to have themselves get relegated. So I I thought that that was kind of an interesting, you know, mindset where it was like, hey, yeah, our goal is absolutely promotion, but like if it doesn't happen in year one, that's okay. And it's almost like there's this very, I don't know, just symbiotic relationship that was a sense that I got, which you don't always see, I feel no, like. No, I think he's looking long-term, right? Because yeah. what happens a lot of the time with some of these promotion relegation yo-yo teams is they try to just make that jump, which of course you want to do that, but you're also like not financially prepared. Your personnel is not ready. You don't necessarily have a team that can actually make a run in mm-hmm. the promoted league. And so you need to make a lot of changes. And a team that we saw do that last season really well was Forrest, which we mm-hmm. joked a lot that they made so many changes to the roster, but it was necessary. One part was a lot of contracts expiring, and you're going to move forward the best way you can see fit. Mm-hmm. But that's how you stay in the, in the promoted league. You, you otherwise are going to get bounced right back out. Yeah. I think as a coach, just knowing that you don't have that pressure to take the team back to the Premier League right away, just sort of... You know, like I said, if we make that, if we um, get promoted, that that's good. In our first year, that's good. But if it takes a little bit longer, that's okay, too, mm-hmm. because we're trying to rebuild and, and whatnot. But just knowing that, you're almost playing with, like, a little bit of house money. And they're playing right now. And uh, Leicester is playing right now. Like, they're just playing relaxed. They're playing their game. They're not worried about anything else. And it's, it's actually, you know, it's working and it's helping them. Yeah, that freedom has got to be nice. That freedom is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I mean, just having that freedom to go out there and just play and not having this, you know, just huge pressure on, you know, on, it's just you play. I think for me, for example, I, you know, when I'm playing, I played my best soccer when I was just relaxed and playing. Didn't have to worry about yeah. anything else. But if you're worrying about too many things, you know, external things off the field and the pressure coming in from the, you know, from the front office and whatnot, it does take a toll. Maybe that's why I sucked. I was thinking too much. <laughs> yeah, that was, much. that was it. I always say, you know that what? That was the problem. Let it be. Hey, that was the problem. It is what it is. Just yeah. go out there and do you, my yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, a lot of credit got to go to Morasco, who clearly uh, took a lot that went well uh, when he was with Manchester City. We will take a break here on Morning Footy. When we come back, we're still giving out gifts this holiday season. And our uh, next group of recipients, U.S. Men's National Team. That's coming up on the other side. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. The U.S. are the defending champions, and they've already downed one neighbor on this pitch. Today, they will look to raise the trophy again. To the edge of the six! Chris Richards with the opener! Driving into space of Gallagher and it's right! On a night of firsts! Fuller and Balogun has his first international goal for the US! But it's back-to-back Nations League trophies. A trophy that has had only one name etched into it, and that is the United States. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here is a look at the 2023 year in review for the U.S. men's national team. They defeated Canada 2-0 in the CONCACAF Nations League final, lost to Panama in the Gold Cup semifinal, advanced to the 2023-24 CONCACAF Nations League semis. What would you say, Alexis, uh, overall? Good year? Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, not a terrible uh, year, um, but something to hang your hat on, especially with getting a manager back, will we call it, or a head coach back, yeah. rehiring him. Boomerang. The long yeah. search right back to where we all started. Yeah, so. you know, interviewing a lot of people to go right back with your ex. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> um, yeah but I, I think that there's still some room for this U.S. Absolutely. team to grow, as we all know, and there are some massive competitions coming up here in the next few years with Copa America. You've got the World Cup as well, and I think the expectations are only getting – higher for this for the squad especially given where a lot of the the young talent is playing and that is at some of the biggest clubs in the world but medic is going to show us what level we're at it is it is and and i i I still don't i don't think the u.s team has hit their like highest level um yet um i mean god willing yeah i mean they've had a (laughs) decent year um teams had a decent year but i think i think we've got a whole nother gear. I I really do believe that. And, you know, like like Alexis said, Copa America is going to really show where we're at compared to... uh, Nowhere to hide now. Yeah, nowhere to hide, exactly. And and that's going to be a tough, tough Mm -hmm. tournament. And right here on U.S. soil, so you would imagine, like, even more fans are going to be highly engaged with Mm -hmm. the fact that this competition is happening here. But you mentioned wanting uh, wanting to see this U.S. team kick into high gear. Gears... Bikes. We're not going to give them bikes this year for Christmas. I think we need to give them a little something more. Uh, so each of you, uh, I don't know who wants to start. I can just kind of go this way and around the table, Alexis. Sure. But if you're going to gift this U.S. men's national team something to help them reach that higher level, mm-hmm. what are you giving them? What's under the tree? Well, okay. I think it was huge. I think a, a gift that came last year was Balogun deciding to, to join and playing well, especially in the Nations League. I think that was a huge gift. So what do we do? How do we get this team to get back to the level that we saw at, at Nations League? And simply, I think the gift I want to give is the spirit of B.J. Callahan. <laughs> now, I don't necessarily want B.J. Callahan to be the manager, but whatever happened... In those few weeks when he was at the helm, I want that to be the gift because the team was playing with zero pressure. They were playing without – it looks like now they're trying to make the decisions of where to go based on where they were told to go versus in those matches, they seem to be playing to the best of their ability and wanting to connect with each other. So whatever that is. It sounds like you are wanting to gift a new head coach. No, I'm happy. I mean, that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Okay, but in the No, no, I like the Berhalter. I like the style. Remember, that was Berhalter's decisions and style. In Alexis' defense. Give him the freedom. BJ didn't deviate from Berhalter's plan. He just has a different vibe. That's it. So... So, but sometimes what's more vibe than BJ Sometimes having a different vibe does make a big difference, mm-hmm. though. Sometimes yeah. it does. I mean, look, 
for me. Are you handing out vibes this year? For I mean, no, no, no. For me, I'm gifted. <laughs> we know Christina's going to give time. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm, I'm Freddie's gi- like, pass I'm me the old table. No, no, no. Bring no, no, him no, vibes. Not enough time over here. <laughs> no, but. That's what rocks. Imagine BJ Callahan doing that in his. No, that would be the greatest. Straight in his forces. In Black Air Forces, bro. It'd be over. He's slayed. Okay. For me, I'm gifting them a an inform Matt Turner an inform Matt Turner um, I think goalkeeping has been a the number one strong suit of the US national team for a long time I mean you're going from Casey Keller to Brad Friedel uh, Tim Howard I mean we've always had world-class goalkeepers and they've made a pretty big difference for us as well so I think an inform Matt Turner is gonna be huge um, uh, because the quality of opponent we're going to be facing this year in Copa America and, 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 and you know, in other games and whatnot, we're going to need him because, you know, these are some strong opponents. And, and if he's in form, he's going to keep us in a lot of games. I yeah, think. sometimes the biggest games do come down. Yep. It's those, those few key moments. All right, Christine. I have, I have two gifts with which oh. I would like to Oh, okay. And to Christine's feeling generous. Oh, she's, she's the cool aunt showing up. Yeah, the cool aunt. It's, like, hey, it's like, hey, I've got the gift under the tree, but then I've got the one that you can't yeah, tell yeah. your mom about. Hey, Stanta dropped an extra one off. Yeah. <laughs> so I would gift them health, specifically Tyler Adams. Mm. We want a healthy Pulisic. We want a healthy Weston McKenney because a few of them more recently, obviously, Weston had departed. And then, of course, Gio Reyna, right? So I feel like this, this team largely needs health and just fortitude, but then I have my little stocking stuffer, which would be composure for Serginio Dest. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. like that one. Yeah. Gotta have that composure. Which, will, which was more likely, uh, inform Matt Turner or Dest composed? Uh, inform Matt Turner. You think so? I think so. I don't know. I'm looking I, at I think it, Even in England, know, they seem I, to be all out of inform I'll Matt say Serginio Dest, <laughs> because I do think... He's young, he's He's effective, he just needs to be able to maintain composure and be able to make better decisions in the moments. And we saw that more recently too. And I think that that's a massive soft skill that he needs to continue to develop. Mm. We could say this about any position. A lot of the criticism. You need fullbacks that are are composed. Icy, they have to be icy. That can run forward, get in the attack, Mm -hmm. but also be able to get back have the confidence to be able to do both and to play brave. You do need that in Brawlhalter's mm-hmm. system. So to some point, without, without a desk or someone in that steed, maybe it's McKenney playing in that, which I don't want him to either, but maybe it's McKenney playing in that. I feel like McKenney. Or Tim Weah maybe. But the duality. somebody in that spot to have a yeah. lot of confidence to be able to play okay. full I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell yeah. you what. I don't think he'll repeat that. I don't think Des would ever do that again. You know why? Because being in the locker room, I'm, I know he heard it from the guys. I know they got into him. I mean, they started the during the match. Exactly. But like, multiple the point people is, went up to him. But I'm saying, he hurt that team, that game. He's done it twice he, now. That, that's what I'm saying. And he won't. I'm telling no, you. No, he's done it twice. Somebody. He's done it twice, though. I, I get it. But I'm, I'm telling you, if he, he's going to know. If he does it a third time... If he does it again, that that could be. I mean, that could be it. I mean, all, the guys. Well, the team I mean, will be done I'm not them. even saying that like he's a definite going forward because of these infractions and because of a lot of the spottiness that he's had for club, right? right? So you're already working at a disadvantage. And don't get me wrong, I'm always rooting for Serginio Dest, right? I think that he has the talent. The problem is his circumstance, right? His right. move from Barca. He had a really, I'll call it lackluster and be kind right. at, stint at Milan. Uh, to know that you already are falling out of favor. Mm. I mean, he got sent for very unnecessary international duty from Milan when they were ahead of a Champions League match. Right. Like, that is a hell of a statement for a player to absorb. I think that some of that, though, is weighing on some of these poor decisions that are just largely emotional for 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 country, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, he, he's a great player. He incredible is incredible player. And, and to be like, he's played well since joining PSV. He's, he's played incredibly well. Awesome. Yeah. For them, so and and you know when he's on the field, he's a difference PSV maker. He's also doing yeah. incredibly well, and I think exactly. it's easier to come into a team and make an impact when the rest of the team is yeah. Yeah. firing. Also, yeah. And I'm also I'm always going to back a well. player that stands on business. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm all for 100%. it. You just got to find the right time, man. Yeah, we, not, not during the match. You feel me, but Freddie? Exactly. We, yeah. we talked a bit with you yesterday about some of the pressures yeah, that yeah. come with. 
playing for, for country. Yes. And so where does it, in your opinion, because you obviously have been there, mm -hmm. where do you find a sweet spot between sort of knowing that you have this obligation to your teammates and the pressure on yourself individually nice. and being able to sort of contain and just have that discipline to not lash out? Like, how do you manage yeah, that as I a mean, player? There are different types of players, right? Um, uh, you know, for me... You just I, thought of a name. <laughs> I can't no, say no, that. No. He was like, I'm just saying. For, for me, I mean, you just... Look, you have to have it in the back of your mind. I cannot do anything to hurt my team, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean... You're part of a team. It's not just about you out on the field. I mean, yes, we have emotional players out there, right? Some players are way more emotional than, uh, than others. Um, I was an emotional player. But, you know, you, as, you, as you're going on, you got to keep those emotions in check, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just, like, lash out and do things that are... I mean, this was out of his... I mean, this is something that actually he could have controlled, right? Mm. The play was done. It was gone. He just kept going back, going back. Who's the most emotional back, player you play with on the national and, team? Oh, the most emotional player I play with on the national team. Um... <laughs> uh, I don't know, I would say Jermaine Jones, probably. Yeah, that was seemed oh, like a crazy that, that tracks. That tracks. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. so, I mean, he was, when he was mad, you're going to know he's mad. Mm -hmm. He's going to go in two-foot tackling somebody and just, like, you know, just make it known. But, I mean, but he held it in check to a certain degree. So, so you know, so, it, but when he was on, he was on. He yeah. helped the team more so than he hurt the team. Well, it was a and Alexis, yeah. I'm with you. I would take a player who's passionate, who plays with that fire, over a player who doesn't, which most players at this level do have that. But yeah. he's young. Yeah. Serginho like, Des yeah. will I be like control. I like the knuckle-up player, but know when you need to yeah. tuck it in. Right, right, right. Yep. Exactly. Well, we will uh, talk more on this coming up throughout the week. But for now, we will take a break. When we come back, we've got more morning footy on the other side. Stay with us. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, believe it or not, we are almost to the new year, which gives us a nice time to reflect on how our 2023s went and also who really balled out this mm. year. Uh, who was a breakout star in their uh, respective league with their respective team? And so we all kind of did some thinking. And Alexis, uh, you really just... You went way out there with your Yeah, I went there. on a limb. Look, I wanted to say Kai Havertz just to upset everybody, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, I think the easy option is to say Jude Bellingham. What an absolutely incredible, incredible start to his Real Madrid career he's had. I mean, look, the stats speak for themselves. 13 goals, two assists. His goal celebration is now iconic, regardless of whether you're a Los Blancos fan or not. He's getting so much praise that the Spanish media has said he's the least English Englishman they've ever had play in Spain. <laughs> and I'm talking about big names that played for Real Madrid. Steve McManaman, David Beckham, Jonathan Woodgate, Michael Owen, Gareth Bale, technically British, right? And obviously that didn't go well. But for a player of his stature and his age, at I mean, such a young man to come in to play for such a massive, the weight of this badge is so is too much for people much older and much more experienced than Jude Bellingham. For him to come and really become a physical, focal leader and to lead with your play on the pitch, with your style, to, to bring this team together has been absolutely impressive. I mean, there's there's there was a period of time on the show where we couldn't find enough words to say about Jude Bellingham. We were joking about getting a thesaurus onto the desk. We still I mean, can. Yeah, we still can, please. And I certainly That's what our it. New Year's resolution is going to find It's what I asked thing. for, but Santa gave me time, which was really not what I wanted. Well, he doesn't uh, need any time. He's been uh, exceeding any expectation for what you would expect he's a been incredible. 40 year old to do. Yeah. Seven game-winning goals and outperforming his expected goals, playmaking as well. He's been lights out. So a tough act to follow, but Freddie Adu, you're going to try. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Alejandro Garnacho. Um, really? Yes. Okay. Um, the reason, be, I think he's going to what? He's going to break out even more in the next year. Um, you know, right now, 
look, he's he's only got three goals um, right now in the Premier League. But at the end of the day, it's the difference. I mean, I'm not measuring him on, the, on his goals assists, uh, you know, that he has right now. Mm -hmm. It's more about what he's doing to help that team, right? Now, he's 19 years old. Sometimes when a team hits a little bit of a, uh, of a slump, you need the vibrant young players to, to help carry some of the veterans through. And I think that's what he does. He brings a lot of energy, uh, you, know, um, you know, when he's playing. He's all, he's all over the place. And, you know, I think the guys feed off of that. Some of the other uh, the older guys feed off of that. But I think he's going to score a lot more goals and he's going you know, to be involved in creating a lot more uh, you know, goals for them. In the, in the coming years. Is well. he going to surpass Cristiano Ronaldo next year? That's the question. No, I don't think so. <laughs> that is a big question. Argentinian so. guy who loves Cristiano Ronaldo. That's Pretty amazing, wild. right? Pretty That's wild. amazing. Wow. I All wouldn't right. do it. Christine. That's why you can't be a Christian. I, uh, I have to break up this boys club. My my breakout player for this year is Linda Caicedo, Real Madrid and Colombia's own. She is easily one of the brightest youths coming through. Um, she helped carry uh, this Colombia side, the cafecitos, right? Is that right? Cafe, Cafe, cafeteras. Cafe, cafeteras. Yeah. Um, to the quarterfinals for the first time in the World Cup. Um, massive, massive performance that if she weren't on the map before, she certainly is now. Prior to that, her performances for Colombia for, you know, U18 World Cups and otherwise were just like outstanding. Her footwork, her pace, the way that she can dance around people in the box and carve out space is just remarkable. Uh, I'm really interested to see what she can do. Also, among the nominees with Bon Mati and Jenny yeah. Omoso for best FIFA women's player of 2023. Uh, that is very, very good company. Yeah. yeah. She had a pretty big year. She was also just so fun to watch. Yeah. As well. I think she plays like with a lot of joy that you don't really get to see at that level, also that young. Just mm -hmm. because the combination, I think, of pressure and just determination, but she just has such great work ethic and just a really good head on her shoulders. It's it's wonderful to see. That and too, like as like a youth, I think ovarian cancer survivor yeah. is insane. You yeah. have to go through that at 14, 15 and still be playing in a world. World Cups at 17, 18 through. Mm -hmm. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unfortunately, I would honestly, like Jude Bellingham was mine as well. I think it's hard looking at the men's game specifically. I would agree. I think Linda Caicedo is that player out of the women's game who had a breakout year. And it's just hard to give that to anybody but Jude Bellingham with the numbers that he has put up. A player who broke out this year, uh, Victor Boniface for uh, Bayer Leverkusen, the Massive Nigerian striker. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's, I just wanted to throw that in there as well. Yeah. There are a lot of different players. Cavada uh, with Napoli is, is yeah. another one. But to say, like, the breakout player of each year, not that this was a, a competition that I was judging, but I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I just think. Not that this is a competition, but I'll race you to yeah. the wall. Right? <laughs> not a competition, but clearly I won. Uh, so pretty dope. No, I, I mean, <laughs> Jude Bellingham is that dude. And yeah. the thing that's scary, I think, is the ceiling. I, he hasn't even hit it yeah, yet, yeah, not even close. Yeah. So. It's scary. You're right. He's, he's, a, he's, he's, he's been amazing. And I Bony think he's face been a, is a great shot, shot, though. Yeah. Yeah, but, you, you know, hey, man, the, see, there's gems, in, 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 you know, in, in Africa. Like mm -hmm. Some of these African players, there's a lot of gems out there. Sometimes they don't get the chance to, you know, like, Wasn't get to play. Wasn't Bonface up for the uh, African Player of the Year award? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Of course. Yeah. He plays for Bar Bar Leverkusen. At, Did he play for before that? Yeah. At, Union Sun. This is the tandem for the Nigerian national team at AFCON right now. Boniface and Osimhen. That's a scary duo right that there. That is scary. That's a scary Bony duo. face, Oseman, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will take a break here on Morning Footy. We are talking more U.S. wins national team on the other side of this break. Stay with us. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, let's check in on our Americans abroad. Here's a look at the players currently competing in the Premier League. Tyler Adams at Bournemouth. Unfortunately, he is out until at least February with a hamstring injury. Ethan Horvath at Nottingham Forest. They're coming off of a big win yesterday. Uh, Tim Ream at Fulham. Chris Richards, Crystal Palace. Zach Steffen at Man City. Matt Turner also coming off a big game at Nottingham Forest. Austin Trusty at Sheffield United. And... Uh, this gives us an opportunity to just kind of dig a little bit deeper on, on how some of these guys have been doing, how they've been getting prepared uh, for, as we've talked about, a couple of big competitions coming up for the U.S. men's national team. Um, so let's focus first on uh, who are we talking first? Chris Richards. Chris Richards. And he's 23 years old and has really kind of started to find his way into this Crystal Palace side, which has been good to see because I think more than anything, it's great to see these players competing in some of the top leagues around the world, but even more important to see them finding their way into the squad, getting minutes and making an impact. And Chris Richards has been doing that as of late uh, for Crystal Palace. Christine, what have you made of, of his time there and what he's shown as of late? So the thing about Chris Richards is he is a surprisingly more versatile player than anyone had previously thought. So he more recently is getting to sort of like hook in as a defensive midfielder for mm -hmm. Crystal Palace. And this is probably only in the last, like, five, this is beginning of December, I guess, that this kind of all started due to uh, an exit of another teammate that caused, I know, like, a little bit of tinkering to go on over there. But he's excelling. Mm -hmm. And so if you come to find that you're playing better at a position that you haven't really done before and you're kind of, like, hungry and you want to have the minutes, and I think he understands that as much as we all do, um, he's killing it. Yeah. So all of a sudden he's become a show out. You know, in he's been in I think half of the fixtures they've played this season. Six of those he's now gotten starts, and that was all recently. Mm -hmm. He wasn't getting as much shine as a defender. And then there's three substitutions off the bench. He's becoming more of an impact player and somebody that they trust for him. And he is eager to learn. And I love that part because it's not just playing, right? It's wanting to be the best in that role and having it being so new for him, I think it shows a lot of promise because that opens up possibilities. Not that we need more midfielders on the U.S. men's national team, but you always want the depth of the possibility yeah. there, um, especially given some of the past injuries that we've had. He um, talks a lot about practicing even after his first stint against Brighton because that's a huge rivalry for mm -hmm. Palace. Um, he hadn't gotten to play against them in the prior two matches. And so this was his first, and he realized the importance of that event for him um, in that, you know, figuring out how to get up high, how to press, how to put pressure on the goalkeeper, things that, like, you haven't had to do as, like, the quintessential textbook defender yeah. um, if you're not playing a sort of an inverted winger or otherwise mm -hmm. kind of role. So I love this for him. And that defensive midfield role is such a key key position, and especially if we're looking at the U.S. men's national team and, unfortunately, the injuries to Tyler Adams, this could be – Positional competition, I think, I, I is important. I don't, I, he, he won't play no. a defensive midfielder for the U.S. I hope national not. team. A lot I mean, has gone wrong if, if he's playing defensive yeah, midfielder for the U.S. I'm, we we got a lot more depth in that position. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and for me, if I'm uh, uh, Greg Ballhalter, I want him to be playing in the back. I, I mean, I love that he's playing. I love that he's playing and he's getting time, but he's playing defensive midfielder, which is, which is great for the player because it just shows how versatile he is, yeah. right? But is that but hard, though? as or? a coach... I would rather have him play, you know, his natural position, which is as a defender, because that's where I'm going to be using him on the national team. And that's um, where he no, needs but more. From the player's perspective, is that difficult to, like, on the plus side, you're getting minutes, but on the negative side of for that, the player, maybe you're doing it. No, for the player, it's great. For the player, it's great. Because, because you, 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 you get to play, you get team. to stay sharp, and you get to show everybody the, uh, your versatility. But as the national team coach, I'm, I'm strictly talking from Berhalter's um, point of view here, okay? I want him to be getting minutes at the position that I, you know, basically see for him, where I'll, I'll most likely be using him, and that's as a defender. And I think being, uh, playing in that position in that league, you know, uh, this is the top league in the world, you know, playing in that position in that league, you get more minutes, more experience, you know, you just, you grow as a player, all right? Um, but... 
you know, like I said, for the player, it's great that he's playing. And even if it's, I don't care where you put me on the field. If as long as I'm on the field and I'm playing, I'm happy. There's I think it's more negative. beneficial exactly. for him. I think if the look, if you're Berhalter, you look at this and say, okay, look, he's willing to bend, he's willing to flex, he's willing to learn a new position, he's willing to do whatever it takes to get on the pitch. The negative is you have got a couple players now that are playing out of the position where you play them yeah. on mm-hmm. the national team. Yeah. So maybe there's a little bit of worry there, but at the end of the day, he's had five starts, he's played full 90 minutes in those last five starts. I'm going to walk away saying this can be a positive because mm-hmm. it's not too different. It's not like he's, they're asking him to be striker or goalkeeper. Right, and I would argue it's less that he's playing defensive mid and what he's doing while he's playing defensive mid. He still has the second highest amount of tackles on the side. He's got interceptions under his belt. He's functioning as a defender. Mm-hmm. He's just now has to expand the scope where he understands, you know, better positioning, how to close in space and kind of make that front line a little bit more effective and close that in. So I think that for him going from almost, you know, no playing minutes to suddenly being this revelation at defensive mid, you don't want somebody sitting on the bench coming to national team duty. That's insane. Totally no, agree. I, I get and, all, uh, yeah, I'm and with Richards you And Richards had a great Nations League run, too. Absolutely. So I, I think it's a player that we all want to see do well, and yeah, the best experience is by getting that game mm-hmm. experience. But I, I agree with you. I think for Greg Berhalter's sake, and as you mentioned, it's not just Chris Richards playing out of position. There are other players as well right. who are not playing in, in the positions in which he would like to employ them right. uh, with the squad. So maybe that could lead to uh, some changes if, if someone really maybe. shows. I mean, I don't feel like that's an exclusively American thing, though, either. Yeah. It's not far flung that like other countries have players playing in different positions than they would for club. It's just depends on their level of utility. I think that we have both the gift and the problem of having really versatile players. I I, I mean, sometimes it's a boon and sometimes you're going to take one on the chin because of it. And that's up to the manager though too, to uh, see that and say, Hey, (laughs) tactical flexibility. We can do different things because guys can do different things on the field. So I think overall, positives here if they're utilized in the right way. But let's talk about uh, another club that's got a couple of Americans, and that is Fulham. Uh, Tim Ream, breaking records over there. He has just been uh, incredible for for them and was also incredible for the U.S. during the World Cup. That was uh, him holding up or being awarded, rather, a, uh, a jersey for was 300 starts, 300 appearances. 300, which is great. I mean, look, this is huge. You get a player, uh, you know, of his stature, someone who seems to be Finding a new level of form as he gets older, more of a, you know, the elder statesman on on both uh, club and country. That said, I think you probably have to look at Tim Riemann and say maybe Copa America is the last major competition we see him be a starter. Uh, Anthony Robinson, who plays alongside him, having an incredible year um, at left back. And there's a team that plays in Merseyside that wears red, that <laughs> lose it, just lost another left back, which is being rumored to uh-huh. be considering him. Uh, so I feel like we have two players here that are playing on a team that's relatively playing well, holding their own in the, in the, uh, in the Premier League where previously they were the yo-yo club. And that you've got two Americans that are playing strong in the defensive side. I think this is a massive positive. Both Tim Riemann and Anthony Robinson, incredible. I think it's amazing. It is a great accomplishment. I mean, to play 300 games, you know, and on one team, really, um, that's in the Premier League, <laughs> to say the least. That's that's an incredible achievement. Um, really happy for him, and uh, you know he's he's had a great career. Um, you know, Fulham's always been a great place, though, for for, for American players. Um, yeah, full you know, America. Full America. <laughs> exactly. I have it written right here. Full go. America. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you you you've had. At some point, there's like five Americans playing for Fulham at the same time. I mean, you've had greats like Clint Dempsey, Brian McBride, for those who don't remember. He has oh, a yeah. stand or a he, concession he, named after him, something, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, and they've been successful there. And these guys have gone there, played well, and, you know, it's, it's always been a great place. So it's just great to see more Americans sort of carry on that tradition. I went to the Brian McBride camp in St. Louis growing up as a kid. Really? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ryan McBride, my man. Gymnastics camp. Yeah, gymnastics camp. Oh, Eddie Johnson. Eddie Johnson Johnson played there as well. Don't forget Eddie. Hey, Eddie's a baller. Shout out Eddie Johnson, man. Baller. Anyone else that uh, we haven't hit on that has really uh, stood out? Final thoughts? Probably Maddie Turner. I Mm -hmm. mean, you right now he's probably getting it pretty rough from Nino Nino Espirito Santo because (laughs) he when you have a coach that's a former goalkeeper himself yeah it's gonna be pretty unforgiving and I think that he's made that very clear that you know they 
they haven't had the best run and they haven't seen the best and brightest out of him. But, you know, he's I feel like he's obviously he's getting more minutes than he was when he was at Arsenal. And that's for the best for all of us collectively. But um, I feel like that's also probably one of the more romantic stories mm-hmm. in American football. But just him as a walk on turning into this sort of epic goalkeeper. Yeah, and coming off of a big win with Nottingham Force, five saves in that game as well. So, uh, huge. Freddie Dew's gift. An inform Matt Turner. Well, for all of your in depth news analysis on the U.S. men's <laughs> national team, check out Call It What You Want, a new podcast uh, with Jesse Marsh, Charlie Davies, and Jimmy Conrad here on the Galazzo Network. Always great stuff from them. The next episode drops tomorrow, so be sure to tune into that. But coming up next, Anita Jones will join us to talk some more Premier League. Stay with us. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here is a look at today's EPL fixtures. Brentford taking on Wolves at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. Chelsea uh, will host Crystal Palace also at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. And Everton taking on Man City at 3.15 p.m. Eastern. And joining us now to talk about these matchups and uh, another big week of Premier League action is our own Anita Jones. Anita, welcome in. Great to have you with us here today. I want to start first with Boxing Day yesterday. What was your big takeaway from yesterday's matchups? The Eric Ten Hag has nine lives. No, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, Anita. Like, like Alexis there. Alexis, you know, I've been watching you. I've got to come with my A game, you know. Oh, no, 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 my game. Um, Rasmus Hoyland, he is looking good. Obviously, I think it took him like 14 Premier League games to get his first goal, but mm-hmm. what a goal on the volley, the angle, all of it. Garnacho also coming through. And obviously, we've been talking about Man United and the fact that they're attacking players in particular strikers or wingers aren't scoring as much and they came through despite being 2-0 down against like I said yesterday a team that's in red hot form yeah um, I actually want to ask you a little bit about this uh, Manchester United team because this guy sitting uh, to the right of me Freddie Adu said (laughs) he thinks Garnacho (laughs) had the breakout year this year and he must just have recency bias from this last no, 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 no. Uh, what do you think? Do you think this team, and in particular Garnacho and Hoyland, have turned a corner? Is that what you think happened in the second half? Or do we think this is another, just another blip on a very difficult up and down season for United? You know what's really interesting is that Patrice Evra spoke about the game and he said that he was really happy with the way United were playing. It's just they weren't clinical. In fact, when they were 2 0 down, He said that he thought he could see them winning 3-2 if they were able to just find the back of the net. And that's what they did. Um, I don't think there was much difference between the way they played in this game and the previous game. Whether it's down to those two in particular, I'm not sure I could say that. But you are seeing them play quite similarly. And um, what was interesting is they didn't have their heads down at all. They came out and you saw that even though they were 2-0 down, they were on the front foot. They kept attacking. Marcus Rashford looked like he was so determined to try and find the back of the net. Unfortunately, he didn't. And, you know, Emi Martinez was probably lucky to still be on the pitch when he took him out. Um, he, of course, got the ball, which was the right decision, but it could have gone another way very easily. And so, um, yeah, it was interesting. Maybe it's positive play. I, I don't know. Uh, again, Bruno Fernandes, after the game, was asked about whether the fact that Sir Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos coming in as minority stakeholders was an impact at all, whether they spoke about it in the dressing room. And he said, no, not really. So, again, Man United have been up and down this season. Maybe they're just in an up patch at the moment, TBC, basically. First of all, I didn't say that he's had a breakout year so far. I was I think that's literally what you said. I was forecasting. I said he's going to. He's going to have a, he's going to break out next year. He's going to have, as the season goes on. Um... What do you think? Um, what do you think Ten Hag said 
um, really to the uh, to the team at halftime to get them to come out the way they did in the second half. I mean, you think it was Ten Hag? Do you think it was it was something else? Um, I mean, wh- what are your thoughts on that? What was interesting, I guess, if we look at the opposing team, Aston Villa, is they didn't change the way they played. You know, they play with this high line, trying to catch teams with the offside trap. And despite being 2-0 up, they didn't change that. And that's something, funnily enough, I was at this exact game last season and Man United won. Um, you you maybe wonder whether Emery should have told his players at halftime, shut up shop and let's park the bus, right. you know? I know that probably goes against his... Um, philosophy of football and what he wants to bring and it's why they've been so successful but you just wonder if maybe they'd made that change Man United wouldn't have had the the confidence to make those runs that they were making for for Emi Martinez so I'm not sure if it's as much as um, Ten Hag saying keep going with what we're doing especially in the latter part of the first half as it is for the tactics that we saw um, Emery's Aston Villa play out. But maybe it also helped that um, Sir Dave Brailsford, who is um, part of the Ineos team, he's heading up sports there, was in the crowd. Um, I don't know if you guys know much about him, but he um, helped transform British cycling. And it'll be interesting to see what role he plays in so Jim Ratcliffe's team. So um, the camera panned to him a lot of times. So maybe they felt the pressure of that. Who knows? But you guys won. Like I said, it's incredible. Um, they were a red-hot team. You did what other teams, informed teams, couldn't do. So, yeah, hats off to United fans. <laughs> Anita, yeah. we have a, a few matches upcoming today that should be fairly interesting. Um, I kind of have my eye on the Chelsea-Crystal Palace mix-up there. Uh, Roy Hodgson's already kind of acknowledged that this is definitely not going to be a simple task at hand, but that, you know, given recent draws that they've managed to pull up with this young side, how favorable do you think that they can make this for themselves? I, I don't know that I see them necessarily beating Chelsea. It's not impossible. But um, how do you see that playing out? You know, what's really interesting is that, you know, we love stats in our football world. We've, we'll have stats to the, the cows come home, kind of. But um, Chelsea have lost 19 league games this calendar year. So it's been pretty bad for them. Um, you speak about Crystal Palace's recent form, the fact that they got that draw against Manchester City and everyone was talking about Roy Hodgson's reaction, potentially smiling at Pep Guardiola. Um, we just saw a shot of um, Michael Elise. He is so key to that attack, um, be it from dead ball situations or catching teams on the counter. They just can't seem to stop him. And so you'd think that they have a chance. Um, they do have a few injuries um, in defence, I think, of their captain, Joel Ward, and their number one goalkeeper, Sam Johnston, but Dean Henderson has stepped in. Um, so it, it will be interesting. And I think potentially uh, Mateta too is being assessed for this one. But... I think Crystal Palace fans will go into this thinking that they've got a chance. Their last few games, they narrowly lost to to Liverpool. And then I mentioned the draw against Manchester City and they came from behind. So um, I think they'll they'll be feeling confident, especially given that Chelsea go into this game having just lost against Wolves on Christmas Eve. Yeah, Crystal Palace, the the performances have been there, even if the results haven't. Anita, you'll be uh, at Brentford for their matchup against Wolves here today. What are you expecting uh, to play out there? Well, I just spoke about Chelsea losing to Wolves. Wolves are going to be arriving, feeling full of confidence. They're another team that have managed to have these great results. They beat Manchester City. No one could believe it. Um, And the way they did it as well. There have been a few other positive results for them. Um, Brentford, on the other hand, they've had a few days rest. They're one of the teams that have had rest over this period. Um, so you wonder if that will act in their favour, but they've got so many injuries. And I think for Brentford fans, it's really a countdown at the moment until Ivan Tony is back. He'll be eligible for the first game in the new year. So there's this game and then one more game. Um, I think they're just trying to pick up points where they can at the moment. They've had so many injuries and someone who stepped up in Ivan Tony's absence was Brian Mbumo. Um but he's out with a, an injury that will see him not return until, um, I think, something like February or March time. So I think it's really damaged imitation for them. But the team that look like they could get something at this stage is probably Wolves, just based on um, performances against bigger clubs and also the fact that they got that 
convincing win against Chelsea. Anita, Everton are coming off a tough loss against Tottenham, but the fans were behind them the entire time, clapped them off the pitch. Uh, obviously, they've had a pretty good run since the point deduction, but they're about to face Manchester City at home at Goodison. Do you think Everton stands a chance? Do you think this run continues, or do you think City have turned it around since winning FIFA Club World Cup? I don't think we can ever say that City are out of it. They may just have blips. I think that's they've like earned that um, I guess assessment of them when they're not completely on the ball. I just think they're blips. It'll be interesting to see like recovery-wise. Um, obviously, Harlem wasn't involved in that FIFA Club World Cup final against Fluence. Will he make it? If you play FPL, that's all you were looking at. Um, <laughs> it's still not clear. Like, and what was really interesting is that whilst they were out in the Middle East for that final, they put up the Manchester City official Twitter page, put up a picture saying that he's back in training, but then it got deleted. So the mind games are there. We don't know what is going on. It will be interesting to see if he makes the bench even. Um, and there's also the likes of Doku and um, Kevin De Bruyne. I'm not sure if these are matches that are too soon for them. But you'd expect Manchester City to win. However, Everton, I think it's only like one loss, which is the, the one against Tottenham in their last five, which is also incredible. And there are games that teams in there like Chelsea and Newcastle, although you question whether you can really give Chelsea and Newcastle the same weight as previously, given just what's going on with those teams at the moment. So um, it will be an interesting shape-up or battle, I should say, rather, Um but if there's a manager that could undo you, I think it's Sean Dyche. He just knows mm. how to get against these these big teams and he loves playing Route 1 football where it's a long ball over. But they're missing Abdoulaye Decore, I think. He, he, he's out with an injury and he's their top scorer. You've got, obviously, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who, who's after him, who should be um, fine for this game. But, yeah, um, if, it, if Man City were to lose, I think it would be an upset. So, yeah, um, I'd imagine Man City would take all three points. And yeah, worrying times for Arsenal because then it's only a game in hand and then, yeah, they'll probably win their, their final game before the new year and then level on points, Alexis. So don't get too happy yet. <laughs> it doesn't it always work out this way, Anita. <laughs> doesn't it always work out this way? <laughs> oh, it's going to be a tight race at the top and Man City getting close to that turnaround time that we uh, typically see. But Anita, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great chatting with thanks you this so week. Much, guys. See you right now. Yes, see you at the match tonight. It's been so fun hanging out with you on the desk last couple days, Freddie. Thanks oh, for joining thanks us. How are you doing, everybody? Hello, everybody. I this has love been a my time here. Thank uh, you. You are the best. Well, we had so much fun chatting with you today. We will be back here tomorrow. So have a good rest of your day. We'll see you manana. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? the Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world. With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors. But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.